Look at me do math. It's a, it's a 114, or let's see, 0.14 times 60 is 8. It's a 108.4. See, I was close. I said 106, 107. I was doing some estimation. It's early in the morning, you know. Yeah, I was close. I, I He's human after all, folks. <laughs> Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast, a podcast by fitness professionals for anyone who loves the world of fitness and wants to understand it better. I'm Craig Hoffman. I'm a personal trainer, performance coach, and media personality. And I'm Chris Gore as a 15-year strength and conditioning coach, master trainer, and international educator. And today, we're going to give you a 20-minute guide to starting something new in fitness. So for some of you, that may be your fitness journey overall. Like it could just be my new thing in fitness is fitness but it also <laughs> could be if you're you know someone who has done a lot of weight training over the years and you want to start running uh you want to start biking or maybe the other way around a lot of runners are like hey i've been doing a lot of reading or talking to people and everyone says i should be strength training so how do i do that uh we're going to give you a general guide on how to smartly start something new in fitness and I, chris i will start by simply saying uh, the first thing, the first step in this guide is knowing where you are, being honest <laughs> with yourself and right. making sure that you don't dive into something that you're going to ultimately regret and then stop right after you got started. Yeah, I, I think that that is especially true for those who are restarting that something that they've done before, right? So if you used to run, you're not a runner anymore, and just because you want to run again means that you have to start over or if you used to do uh, olympic lifts and you don't do olympic lifts anymore and you want to get back into it that is something that you need to start over that's where that's where it starts to get a little bit dangerous is because people say oh yeah i used to do this before and i'm just going to jump in, jump back into some of the old workouts and that's not how that works so whether you're starting something or restarting something old and, and making it new again, uh, I think you have to take your time and be patient with that process. Definitely. And that patience, it, you know, in trying to figure out what that actually translates into can be difficult. Um, sometimes it's, I think it's fairly straightforward um, and, and starts off with doing your homework, right? Like Rachel sometimes runs into this at Solid Core. Solid Core is really intense. It's really, really yeah. hard. And it's 50 minutes and there's no outs. And so if <laughs> someone who comes in and hasn't worked out in a couple of years or, you know, has been just a runner and hasn't done any strength training, they come in and they try solid core and then they're like, what hit me? And it's like, well, that was a train. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> you, that's, that doesn't, doesn't feel very good. Um, and that doesn't mean that you couldn't you know, do a beginner class or you couldn't get to a point where solid core or some other kind of super intense class, you know, cut seven heart day. Like if you haven't been doing stuff, like you shouldn't go to cut seven heart day. That's why, you know, they tell you that's literally not allowed to be your first class. Um, you know, and obviously it, it, if you tell a trainer, it's in a one-on-one -on -one training situation, like, Hey, I haven't worked out in a while. Hopefully they're smart enough to not try to kill you that first time. Um, I've accidentally killed people many times because you, you try to be light and it's just, it's almost impossible to be light enough. And so that 
kind of thing is, is kind of what you have to consider, obviously, as a trainer, um, being realistic about what the client is capable of and finding ways, whether it's lengthening rest times, adding things like mobility in uh, to kind of eat up some of that time to where you're not just doing a 10 minute workout, but understanding that 10 minutes of intensity spread out over an hour may be all someone can do when your usual client is getting 40 minutes of that spread out over an hour. Yeah, I, I mean, like the the first session for me as a trainer, when I have somebody new, there's a lot of questions that I'm asking, and there's a lot of observation of how they're reacting. I'm looking at their face more than I'm looking at their movements, because again, I've mm-hmm. I've seen these movements over and over again. I don't need to stare at a knee to know that the knee is valgus. Like I know that it's not in line, but really, what I'm looking at is is the face and, and see how they're reacting to things, and then communicating with them, and asking questions, seeing how everything feels what their comfort level is, all those other things. Um, and, and then we can go from there. Uh, as somebody who has tried Rachel's solid core class and other things, the, the first thing that you have to do and what I've learned is to humble myself when I go into somebody else's arena, right? Like, hey, yeah. I'm great at what I do. I know I can push myself in my workouts, but this is something else. And even if it's something that is similar to the stuff that I do, you have to be humble enough and wise enough to know that, hey, this is somebody else's territory, somebody else's house. Don't come in here trying to prove that you are the biggest, baddest person and that this workout is easy compared to my workouts, which is what, what a lot of people will try to do. Like, oh, this is nothing compared to what I normally do. And then they end up killing themselves or, you know, not making it through the entire class. And, and then they don't, they don't really learn. And not wanting to come back. They don't want to come back because and because they didn't really learn, take the time to learn what it was all about in the first place, right? Ask questions. Ask how to get set up on the machine. Ask questions about why these movements are important and what's the most important thing to, to focus on when executing these movements or whatever. So, you know, th- those are all things that I try to uh, – that I try to do when I'm trying something new or trying something for the first time. No, that's, that's great for sure. Um, if we think of, okay, someone actually is embarking on something, let's, let's use running as an example, right? Sure. Because it's, it's pretty simple. It's something a lot of people do try to get into. Um, you know, people, there's, there's a lot more, I would say push in the, the strength and conditioning world for like building aerobic base and things like that right now. And I think it's important just to be, humble with it right like even for me trying to build this aerobic base as i start the the long long triathlon training right (laughs) like i'm running at a ridiculously slow pace um because if you want to truly stay within the heart rate zone for instance that you are trying to be at is is for an aerobic situation that like you know 130 ish beats per minute type of area like i can't run nine eight minute miles like I'm running 13, 14 minute miles because especially if it's outside and it's hot right now because your heart rate spikes so, so quickly, like you have to have that humility. Um, and it's kind of funny cause I was thinking of it in terms of like Elliot Kipchoge's pace. Cause he does like oh, his easy miles are like, yeah. well, no, That's- it's no, uh, as I'm saying is like, so his, he obviously runs, uh, Elliot Kipchoge, if you don't know, is the world yes. record holder in the marathon. He's mm-hmm. the only person to ever go sub two hour. So he's running legitimate four minute or right, right above four minute miles, like four twenty minute miles for a marathon. And his easy miles are like eight or nine. I'm like, okay, well that's double. So if I if my hard miles would be 
7.38, then sure, I should be running 16-minute miles. It's fine. I'm just like Elliot Kipchoge, just, you know, a slower right. version. Right. Um, but per, per percentage-wise, <laughs> it's the same, right? Um, but it's also having the humility to be like, okay, I'm only going to run two miles today, and maybe maybe it's it's a day where I'm going a little bit faster, and I'm running at 10-minute miles, and it's 20 minutes, and, like, that's my workout. And, like, not freaking out that you're not getting, quote-unquote, 30 minutes of exercise or – an hour of ex- like not everything has to be the same. And, and I think that's, you know, not everything in the weight room has to be three sets of 10 or four <laughs> sets of six or whatever. Right. Like it's okay to do two sets. It's okay to do one set of something. And as you start that building process, you're gonna, it like, there are things you can do again. Mobility is a great one to kind of flush out your workout. If you want to be active for that longer amount of time, if you want to just like walk on the treadmill, like, or go for a walk outside, like movement is good, but you have to find ways to kind of fill out that workout because the, the more intense parts that ultimately will become a larger part over time. And once you kind of get up to a working threshold, if you will, those things at the start need to be done in moderation because otherwise you're going to overkill your body. But if you just add, you know, a, a, a few percent each time that progressive overload, which is at the center of every good training system, then you build it up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so the general rule to starting anything, whether it's an exercise or an exercise program or something completely new is coordination before progressive overload. You want to learn the technique. You want to learn which parts are supposed to be moving, which support, which parts are not supposed to be moving. That combination of mobility, stability, timing, all those other things, that's coordination before progressive overload. And when it comes to running, most people know how to put one foot in front of the other. Um, so then it goes almost straight into that progressive overload. And you have to be careful because not only are you overloading your cardiorespiratory system in trying to train in different zones, but you're also overloading the amount of steps that your body takes in a, in a running gait, which is something that you really have to manage, especially if you're going to be running on pavement, which most people are. So you don't want to go out there and say, hey, even if my lungs can handle it, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to run three miles for the first time ever. Like Your body is not going to like that the next day. Your feet are going to be sore. Your knees are going to be sore. Your back is going to be sore. Your hips are going to be sore. Everything's going to be sore. Um, and, and even going through your program, you want, to, you want to only kind of increase your load maybe 10% every single week before you start to get into that volume. So like you said, just a little bit better each day. Um, and then the other thing that I'll just go back to you, you know, it, it's hard not to do this, but I will try to encourage everybody else not to do this. Don't compare yourself to the Kipchogis. Or, or anybody else that holds any type of world record, right? Like if you go out there and you want to take up golf for the first time, don't think that because Bryson DeChambeau drives his ball 400 yards that, oh, well, I'll, I'll be able to drive mine 250 easy. If, you know, that's not a good way to do things. Right. Um, so, uh, again, like humble yourself a little bit. But I get it. It's, it's hard to not compare yourself to uh, the best in the world, especially if you're a competitive person. Yeah, I mean, I that's why I was just like percentage wise, like, oh, he is doing like literally half his pace. Okay, maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> the idea that I'm running 14 minute miles isn't so bad because then maybe maybe I'll be capable of running sevens. Right. I'm not I'm not trying to run with Kipchoge. <laughs> How long would you make it on the Kipchoge challenge where you get on a treadmill what, and you run? What's at the his pace? pace? Um, let's let's. It's see like a four minute pace. Kipchoge challenge. 
So there's two versions of the Kipchoge challenge. One is just you get on the treadmill and you run as as long as you can at that pace, which is about 13.15 miles an hour. Right. I actually found um, another one that, as we're, as we're Googling here, uh, that Nick Simmons did. Right. Uh, Nick, Nick did a version uh, that's run 200, rest two minutes, run 400, rest two minutes, and you keep increasing the run by 200 meters with two minutes of rest and see how far you can go at that 434-mile pace. Um, I think I could do the 200, and that's it. I can do the four. I'm not doing anything more than the 400 regardless. Even like, like even if I could do the 600, like I'm just not going to run more than one lap around the track. So a 13... So if you ran a 12 minute mile, that's a that's one every five minutes. That means a one around the lap is so that's a 115, right? So it's a little bit faster yeah. than a 115 400, but not quite as fast as a one minute. So I'm I'm guessing it's around a 106, 107, 400. Um, I could do 400. That's it. I'm I'm definitely not doing I'm not doing 600 at that pace. Yeah, it, it's gross. Let's see if I divide that by four. Look at me doing math. It's a, it's a one fourteen or let's see, point one four times sixty is eight. It's a one oh eight four. See, I was close. I said one oh six, one oh seven. I was doing some estimation. It's early in the morning, and you know, yeah, I was close. I, I he's human after all, folks. He's human <laughs> after all. <laughs> the trade with the best podcast is brought to you by super coffee and watching our relationship evolve with super coffee over the last five years has been really fun and frankly it's been quite rewarding for me because as my needs have changed over the last five years of my life super coffee's products have somehow some way evolved to meet what i'm looking for now I train three days a week and I need a grab and go kind of coffee in the morning. Well, not only do they have the same great flavors they've had all along, they've got new ones that are exciting and delicious and quite frankly have become my favorites, the Tasty Pastry Collection, which you can get at drinksupercoffee.com. Also, now I'm doing a lot more espresso stuff at home because we have this brand new fancy espresso machine and Super Creamer is a great fit for all the lattes and cappuccinos that I'm making. So no matter your wants, they've got what you need. Go to drinksupercoffee.com. Use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST for 25% off. The Trend with the Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku, the ultimate in speed measurement. Whether you want to run a 100-meter dash, a 200-meter, a 400, uh, an 800, a 40-yard dash, Jaku has it all covered. And there just aren't a lot of timing systems that can say that. And there are even fewer that can say, hey, what if you want to do a 5-10-5 drill or make up your own drill that involves multiple passes past the start-finish line? Jaku can handle all of that, and it does it all from your phone. All you need is a little device that goes on your wrist, or as a coach, you can hold it and give it a little whoosh, get things started. And the best part, it's way more affordable than those fancy, expensive, very, very, very expensive lasers. You want to find out how much it costs? Simple. Just go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB, and you'll see a price, and then, then you get to take another 20% off. Yeah, that's right. we get you a 20% discount. Go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. Continuing on the train with the best podcast, Chris, what about in the weight room? So someone comes to you and is like, hey, I don't lift weights. Maybe they are a runner. Maybe they yeah. just haven't been working out. Whatever the whatever the reason is, weight room's new to them. What are what are the things that you're going to give them to get started? 
Again, so, so this one is easy. This one definitely for sure coordination before progressive overload. So it's going to be a lot of full body movements, things where I'm asking the the client to coordinate movements and connect muscles, right? Connect lower body and upper body so that it's not just like, hey, I'm just going to isolate bicep curl, right? That's probably not what I'm going to do unless that's what they're asking for. I might throw that in at the end to, to fry their biceps if that's what they want. But Generally, I want them moving better, um, so moving in all three different planes, sagittal, frontal, transverse, uh, loading things horizontally, loading things vertically, doing things bilateral and unilateral. Um, and then once they, once they are proficient in all of those movements and, and can execute all that, then, yeah, we'll start loading up heavy deadlift. We'll start loading up squat and bench. But honestly, like if you do the, the coordination stuff and, and you do that well, by the time it's by, by the time you start loading up those weights, you're going to see they're already really strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I try to start with as much body weight stuff as possible. Um, so like, and, and can you do, you know, one in each of the four main movement quadrants, right? Like yeah. can you do one hinge, one squat, one upper push, one upper pull, um, push up obviously for, for upper push, you know, you can see kind of how their body moves in a really, really important way. You know, can they keep their, their hips and shoulders connected or disconnected? Um, you know, depending on if you need to make adjustments and all that kind of stuff, can you, you can see what their core strength and stability is. You can obviously see if they have some requisite push strength. You can also probably tell on some level, like, okay, maybe they've been active before they used to do this stuff, uh, or perhaps, perhaps they didn't. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that you can, you can actually get out of a push up uh, without ever having to, to try to start someone on a bench press, right. um, you know, squat. And then if you want to like, it's pretty easy to load like a goblet squat, like eat, yep. you know, something pretty light. Uh, if you want to add a little stimulus there, same thing with like a, a dumbbell or kettlebell deadlift if, if you need it, but even starting with the hip hinge pattern and just making sure that, that there's some competency there. Um, so to me, it's just like those keep it as simple as possible to start and, you know, kind of have the goal of three sets of 10, but depending on who the person is, it, it might, we might extend out some rest in between, maybe just do two sets of stuff, but it, it's very, you know, as you get started, if this was supposed to be like your 20 minute guide to getting started in the gym, right. Or getting started in fitness, if, if it's going to be specifically to the weight room, start with doing a little bit of everything as opposed to a lot of one thing. And you know, your, your friend who's like, yeah, I have chest day. You don't do chest day when you start, that's, that's going to hurt a lot and your body's right. not going to be ready for it. And you're going to think that, that the gym is the worst place ever. And that's not what the, the goal is. The goal is to ultimately foster a healthy relationship with exercise, a healthy relationship with fitness. And so taking little bites and then, you know, building up your appetite, if you will, is going to be the best approach. And so you start the way, the way you do that is ultimately do a little bit of everything. And then as you get more proficient, as you get that competency and the coordination, then you can do a little bit more of one thing and then, you know, do a little bit more of the other things on the other days. And you start to get a little bit more specific. You start to build a little volume. You start to overload a little bit more. You get a little heavier and ultimately you keep challenging yourself that way. But to get started, a little bit of everything is definitely the best way to go. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's like when, when I think about it now, like the, the, the start and the end look very similar. And then the middle of a training program is, is where it like kind of gets, different but like if, if you start out with a client 
you start out doing a lot of different types of movements and then there are like even with a with the first day client i'm gonna have them do some version of a hex bar deadlift because i want them to understand what it means to engage their core and to lift something now to them it's heavy but in reality it's not heavy because because almost everybody can deadlift 100 pounds like almost everybody yeah. If if it, now that doesn't mean that that they're taking it from the ground, but if I take it up a little bit, if I give them high handles, if I let them pull it from the rack, they're going to be able to hip hinge a hundred pounds. Most people mm-hmm. can do that. Um, so I'm I'm going to have them doing some version of that, and then later on in the program, we increase the range of motion. We get down to the floor, we get down to the bar, we get down into deep squats, we get down to the bench, and all that other stuff. And then once they get good at that, and then it goes back into the full body motions, but a lot faster. And then the lifts look exactly like their lifts before, where it's a very short range of motion and some version of like a pin squat or or a rack pull where it's a whole lot of weight now. Um, But the movement is is still the same. It's very short. It's very um, intense. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus, and I swear there are some days that my Momentus is the only thing that gets me by. I have been upping, as we're talking about, my training load quite a bit lately, and recovery has become a bigger challenge because my body's under a lot of stress. By the way, it's also affected by, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, the stress of schedules and just the reality that doing a daily radio show has added a lot of other things into my life. And so making sure my nutrition is on point is really, really, really important. And to make sure that I'm able to get the nutrients I need on the micro level, all the vitamins and minerals, momentous essential multivitamin has become essential for me. So as elite sleep, vitamin D, magnesium, Every single day, I just have my routine, and it's really easy to make sure I get what I need. And my recoveries have shown that when I don't take that stuff, there's a significant drop-off. So if you want to make sure that you're literally getting on my level, it's good for you too. It's really got nothing to do with me. You go to livemomentous.com, use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST, and you can get 15% off your first order. That's TRAINWITHTHEBEST at livemomentous.com. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Blaze Pod. And in some of these quick workouts where I'm trying to keep my volume low, BlazePod is actually a great tool to help me with my warm-up. It makes sure that my brain is turned on, my CNS is engaged, and that I'm not wasting a bunch of time when I don't have it and I'm trying to keep my training volume and my training time, the time that I am switched on, to a minimum. If it takes you longer to switch on, well, that's time you're never going to get back. So whether it's for a balance drill or whether it's a quick agility drill, whether it's some other way that I organize and use the blaze pods to get me going, not only physically but mentally, it is one of, if not my favorite tool in my bag. So go to blazepod.com, use the code TWTB for 15% off. That's TWTB for 15% off at blazepod.com. Last, uh, last thing, any, any tips, uh, mentally, you know, pattern building, any of that stuff, like what, 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 it, what would be like the one thing you told someone? Yeah. I, I think like one mistake would be to, to, is to say, Hey, well, I'm just going to do body weight, everything. Right. Because we know from the Yerkes Dodson curve that it does take a little bit of a stimulus to get you to perform better. Right. So don't be opposed to lifting some weights because, like you said, even like loading up some certain patterns, putting some weight on those patterns like a goblet squat is actually going to clean up your squat more than yes. make it worse. So, so don't be afraid to like, hey, if I can't do this um, with just my body weight, there's no way that I'm ready for weights. And that's not necessarily true. 
yes, you're not necessarily ready to go into one rep maxes for sure, but a little bit of weight, a little bit of stimulus may actually help you in being able to control and being able to engage muscles that you don't know how to engage because nothing's forcing you to. So don't be afraid to, to add a little bit of resistance to the movements, even from the very beginning, to teach you how to engage and, and how to activate your core or activate your glutes or, or engage your posterior chain, things like that. Yeah, I would say two things. One, uh, don't be afraid to hire an expert. Uh, you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and we, we've shown you the value of expertise throughout right. it, hopefully, uh, and also the Kipchoge Challenge. Uh, but there's a reason that fitness professionals are qualified, that they are working, and they're people that make a career out of this. So hire someone, have them be able to watch you. You don't have to necessarily have every session be under a professional eye, but having someone who you can check form with, uh, or someone that will program for you or motivate you or keep you accountable or all of those things, uh, is obviously great. The other thing I would say is fuel it up, uh, to, to quote our good friend, Megan Featherston, uh, part of the preparation for doing this is ensuring that your body is actually ready for it, which includes fueling it up, uh, hydrating, you know, obviously the more, if you're doing more stuff than you used to, your usual amount of food intake is not going to be enough because you need the fuel to actually be prepared to work out. So, um, I will leave in, in the, uh, spirit of honoring expertise i will leave the specifics of that to nutritionists yes. but make sure that you fuel it up uh and, and have enough in your system to go the one uh, th there is one more thing that i would probably uh advise people is and i would say use enough dynamite to build up to, to blow up the building and not the whole block we've said that before right like every yeah. workout doesn't have to end with you feeling thrashed crawling out sore as hell wondering if you're going to be able to ever walk again that's that's not the sign of a good workout right like i i used i always chuckle when people think that like oh my god this guy's an amazing trainer i was so sore the next day like that's not the measure my of trainer a good me today. trainer right like oh my god i threw up it was such a good workout like that's not the measurement of a good workout but i understand like you, you want to get there but not every workout has to be that way um, you know, take, take your wins. A little bit of progress is still progress. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, for more from us, he's on Instagram at trainer Gorez, putting out all kinds of great content. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman right now. Uh, my content is, is, uh, wedding to be a little wedding adjacent because <laughs> your boy gets married in 19 days. Uh, so, uh, as for what that means for the podcast, we should be good for next week and I think the week after. Uh, and then, then we'll probably be on like a two-week break because I'm going to be in Europe getting hitched. So uh, with that, make sure you're subscribed uh, and, and you'll get the episodes when they come. Maybe we'll schedule something to, to come out when, when I'm gone. Maybe we won't, but if you're not subscribed... How are, how are you going to know? Uh, so subscribe <laughs> on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'll see you next week on the Train with the Best Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>